Greetings and salutations. This is our ZB cast. We're excited to have you uh, gathering with us uh, to be able to share in this exciting uh, uh, discussion we're going to have tonight. At this time, uh, I'd like to introduce those who are with me. My name is Jeff, and I will kind of be our moderator this evening. And with us, we have Aaron and John. Uh, this evening, uh, David is arriving back in about, I don't know, probably. Uh, Nine minutes from Spain, he should be landing about nine or uh, ten minutes, and so he will not be joining us. I think he'll have a little family time when he gets back. He's been away on business, and so we wish him the best. And so to begin with, we're going to uh, talk about uh, the recent uh, oil issues down in the Gulf, and I um, I know that uh, I, just as a kind of a lead-in, I know that... Um, BP is trying to reference it as the um, oil the um, oil leak, I think they're trying to call it, versus the BP oil leak. They want to try to distance themselves from the title of this. And so uh, this, uh, this oil rig that uh, had a fire and then uh, subsequently has been releasing um, thousands and tens of thousands of gallons of oil into the Gulf. And as a scuba diver who enjoys uh, diving in the Florida Keys, which is being starting to be affected or about to be affected with uh, the oil, I know that I'm not terribly excited about having my major domestic diving location uh, soiled for who knows how long. And so I know that affects me somewhat, um, but just thought we'd talk a little bit out and use that as a jumping board for some other discussions. Uh, what, what do you guys heard about uh, what's happening recently with uh, uh, the BP oil leak, Karen? Well, supposedly, like an hour ago, they put out a, a press conference where they they claimed they were getting, they were capturing the majority of the oil now, which is, uh, I would say, maybe 51% is, would constitute their majority of the oil. Um, they are talking about maybe by the weekend they will, or by the next weekend, they will be capturing the major, the, the vast majority of the oil. And so, there's, there's a glimmer of hope in sight that uh, perhaps at least we can begin working on the cleanup versus contributing more to the disaster. I think it's um, it's been an interesting uh, occurrence, and I think it, it's really – I think it really, for me at least, it's really highlighted the need that our society – needs to really be looking at some alternative fuel sources because i mean it comes down to as long as we want to maintain this standard of living and really as long as we want the earth to have as many people as it has we have to have energy sources and right now the primary energy source that we know of are fossil fuels mainly being oil and gasoline and so without that i don't think we could i don't think the earth could carry as many people as it has without the ability to make food at the scale we do, which would require oil and gasoline. I, I um, would say that this has served as a kind of a slap in the face for me that uh, you know maybe we should be a little bit more concerned, but the, I actually am concerned about the reciprocal effect of perhaps green legislation being enacted that is only tangentially related to this and, you know, and causing an onerous burden on the on the economy, on people for what type, what type of legislation are you th- are you talking about? Are you talking about the uh, the ban on oil offshore 
oil drilling. <laughs> well, now. deep water oil. I mean, because I know I mean, this is this is not just. I mean, there's a lot of offshore rigs that don't have the same issues, but the fact that they're they're drilling mile a mile below, below yeah. which which as a scuba diver, I mean, five thousand feet. As a recreational diver, I go to about 115, 120 feet. And so it's about 50 times deeper than the deepest I've ever gone. And so, I mean, that just, it it just highlights how very, 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 very deep we're talking about this happening. And well, so- You're a recreational diver, but you are a master diver. I mean, you've got certifications that most divers, most recreational divers do not get. And so you actually are able to go deeper, safer than, than most people. Yeah, at 150 feet. I mean, that's. Yeah, yeah, but I wouldn't. I mean, they. I, it's. I mean, it's still. Yeah, five thousand feet is like it blows yeah. anything. Record. I mean, you. You couldn't make it down there in a tank of air. <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, beyond everything else, pressure-wise, it would happen, and so, I think that's one of the main issues. Is and it's it's kind of entertaining. But I mean, just right before this happened, um, everybody had kind of come to an agreement to allow more deep water drilling. And I think this has really highlighted that maybe the technology isn't quite what it needs to be to make this a safe endeavor. Well, to be fair, didn't BP say they just admitted that we didn't really have a plan for this? That if such a catastrophe would occur, we didn't have a backup plan. Well, but just within the last couple months, I mean, before this, they were trying to argue um, with getting permits in Canada saying, well, the plans we have are enough. In fact, what you're trying to ask us to do is too much. Um, it won't be a problem. And here it turns around that, yes, it is a problem. And dr- drilling 5,000 feet below water, and then you're drilling another couple miles in the earth beneath, beneath the ocean. Yeah. So it's not like you're just tapping in 10 feet down. I mean, you're going another decent chunk. It's just the technology. I mean, it's just too hard to get. I mean, if you were 200 feet down, you could have divers down there fixing this a whole lot quicker. Right. Well, so... I think that I would. I'm less concerned about legislation that is directly directly related to deep water drilling. I'm concerned about things like uh, fuel mission standards. I mean, well, how, so how, 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 related, how, how, how well, why, why, why do you think they're not related? Because this disaster is not because somebody left their car running and they they put a bunch of emissions up in the air. We're talking about. A manufacturing problem where we just dump tons of oil in the ocean. What my car does, as far as emissions, is not related to this. My car is not a natural disaster. It's a known quantity that we're currently comfortable with. There, though, there is a segment of our population which is not happy with it, and they want to change it. This suddenly becomes their platform. There's this big umbrella green bill, perhaps, that's going to come along, and all kinds of green legislation. In my nightmare scenario gets tacked on that's not related to this but but it's politically opportunistic to to do it so what's wrong with us trying to limit emissions i don't have problems with limiting emissions in a in a gradual ramped up scenario but to to suddenly tack on a bunch um, there are financial costs with each of these um Either fuel limit or emission limitations or alternative fuel requirement, et cetera, et cetera. All these things are increased costs, which right now our economy cannot bear. We we don't have the latitude in our economy to, to take a double, you know, hit on our essentially green subsidies. Okay, so, so all right, so so break this down then. When, <laughs> 
when you say when you say we don't have uh, the economy to support it, we're, we're, we are recovering from a. I mean, because because the idea of going green is by and large a fairly nebulous idea. It encompasses so many different things. So here, let's just for the sake of the the everyday person, let's just pick one thing, just you know, for this moment, and say, okay, this is how it could possibly affect it. So I think the easiest would be is to pick cars. Let's pick cars. They're Cause, great because great. all of us use cars. All of us have to fill up once a week, whatever. Sometimes twice a week. Mm-hmm. So all right to to uh to dovetail on the comment that you made <clears throat> that we don't have the economy to support it so we don't have the economy to support making all the audio man- auto manufacturers change what they're doing correct we don't have the economy to lend out for the banks to uh um to finance everybody going out and buying new cars well even even if you grandfathered let's say old cars you know it's an interesting observation to note that new cars aren't the same price as 10-year-old cars were when they came out new. And it's not even just necessarily inflation. It's the extra stuff that's in there in order to comply with various new regulations that have occurred in the 10 years. Like it's, NOS. Sure. <laughs> not, no, not no, like no, NOS. No, not like NOS. Okay. <laughs> NOS is a... No, we're not putting nitrous oxide in nobody, our guess. Nobody I know has NOS in their car. <laughs> that would not be a green effort. <laughs> I, I, what I'm suggesting, though, is that you know when, when we have to have better uh, fuel emission uh, catalytic converters, let's say, when we have to have a, a higher-rated catalytic converter that costs more money than the one we used 10 years ago. And so we we have to absorb that in our costs. I mean, yeah, you might say, well, the manufacturers are absorbing it, quote-unquote, with well, subsidies. Well, the consumers are always going to pay it. Yeah, you, the consumer has to buy it. And we're, I mean, we will pay for the BP oil disaster. Ab- yeah. I mean, you, I mean, you mean we, like, we, a, we like could, a bailout? We'll have to pay for the audio industry No, just in our, in our gas prices. <laughs> I mean, to, to, to just stick, think we're going to stick it to BP and charging for this, we... I will pay this. I will be paying the salaries of the fishermen who are losing their ability to fish in the Gulf. Mm. I mean, everybody in the United States will be paying. Everybody, in the, everybody who buys gasoline will be paying off BP's debt. Right. Well, and, and and just to stick with automotive, I mean, let's say that there's a new legislation that says, okay, within ten years, everything has to go over to some biofuel. Well, biofuel is not as cheap as oil. Yes, you might say that we need to make some concessions in order to have a better long-term fuel, but that's not directly related to this catastrophe. This catastrophe is because current regulations about drilling were not followed. I mean, there were there were a number of fail-safes that were not implemented or overlooked, let's say. I mean, that's... So, by, by tacking but the, on... But, in, but industry will always try to cut corners to save money. Sure. It's about the bottom line. Yeah. They, and so as so as long as as long as people are going to be drilling in deep water, they're going to try to do it as cheaply as possible. Every industry has those has these problems. And that's why the problem is not to say, all right, we need to stop all oil sales and however we do that, that will take care of all these disasters in the future. The problem is to say, let's let's make sure that companies are properly incented to do the right thing because it's catastrophe for them if they make this type of a, a disaster in the future. People get all upset with Walmart because of their bad practices, let's say, with 
local community uh, businesses etc cetera, etc cetera. but the solution is not to stop buying at Walmart the solution is to okay, say all right you must you must uh, behave this certain way in with your employees or with local. so you want the government to regulate that or I mean I think I think a lot of people look at it as a consumer pressure if 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 consumers stop shopping there and they make it clear that that's the reason I mean that's that's part of the free market capitalism that we embrace is the idea that consumers will be the ones to really modify um, the practices of those who produce by saying, "Well, we're not going to go there as long as you're treating your employees such and so." Okay, so if we if we take free market pressure, so to speak, as the impetus, then if we don't like if we don't like the practices of BP, we'll just stop shopping it for BP. But or maybe we'll go buy some biofuel, but that doesn't that's different than say, than the government coming along and saying, "Well, we don't like oil disasters, so we're going to make it." really painful for you to buy oil as a consumer i mean that's that's targeting the wrong person in this equation well i mean back back to my question though bottom line how's it going to affect us though in the end well biofuels are more expensive biofueled cars are more expensive not to mention having to outfit pre-existing gas stations for biofuel will be expensive i mean there's and who's going to pay for that but biofuels are not well without getting into a huge debate about and this is um, Corn diesel or something. I mean, well, 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 I mean, without getting into, I mean, lower impact. But. I think anything that any internal combustion is not going to be. I mean, internal combustion in and of itself is not necessarily the the best route. There has to be, at least in my limit, very, very, very limited understanding. I think something more like a hydrogen fuel cell is going to be a whole lot more productive in the long run than some sort of internal combustion, whether you're burning biofuel or gasoline or corn and oil or whatever you're going to burn just the fact that you're burning something is not i mean it has to algae diesel is is a reproducible oh yeah substance. prove it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm the wrong person to prove that <laughs> aaron you were talking a little bit about some concerns about the expanding regulations that might be uh, really kind of a reaction to uh, this and uh, you know I've, I've thought a lot about uh, christians and how we view environmentalism. One time I remember the first time this kind of really came to, to my mind was several years ago I was at Reunion um, up in Excelsior Springs at, uh, and uh, at the Assembly of God campgrounds there, and there was some little kids that um, had caught a little bluegill. And I remember they were um, kind of feeding it to a snapping turtle, and there was an older woman there that um, took great offense to um, them doing this. I mean, they're kind of. I mean, they were just. They were doing it for sport and for fun. And I remember she kind of yelled at him and uh, talked to him about um, how man was given dominion over the earth to kind of watch over the earth and all that stuff, which I don't disagree with. But I, I maybe think about kind of how we should handle living creatures and the earth. And I think it's. I think one of the interesting things is how. Because I've wondered if some of our response. To environmentalism is somewhat um, focused around two things. One, since we're overall a pretty conservative church, which I think is a, goes without saying politically, um, for abortion for a variety of reasons, we kind of just take the default Christian response to, um, or the default Republican, I'll say, response to environmentalism, just because that's kind of the party that we generally associate with. Um, and secondarily, we tend to be, um, since we are that kind of independent Republican, small government, 
because of a variety of reasons, we, we kind of expand that to be something where um, we just kind of go along with what the what the Republican Party and what conservatives think about environmentalism. And I've kind of wondered, um, were it not for particularly abortion, would we, and our, our somewhat, our allegiance to the Republican Party because of that, would we have different thoughts on, um, if we didn't, if we weren't just so firmly in the Republican camp, would we have different thoughts on environmentalism? I doubt it. Why not? Well, because I would be, I think you'd be hard pressed to find anybody either on either side of the party or whatever, it doesn't matter, that you'd be hard pressed to find somebody that would be pro pollution. Yeah, but they're. they're I mean, is that, what, is that what you're asking? No, no, me? not at all. Well, I, I mean, I would say that um, kind of uh, what Aaron was talking about earlier about just being um, fearful of additional regulations. I, I think, in, in general, um, our church would be somewhat mocking of and not supportive of those who would identify themselves as environmentalists. Okay, because before, the, the way you'd phrased it, it was either you're either for abortion or you're against it. No, no, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm not saying it, I'm not equating abortion and environmentalism. I'm saying because of our stance on abortion, we tend to, I think that's one of the, that's one of the cornerstones of why we identify ourselves with the Republican Party. Because we spend our time listening to other Republican speakers then we also tend to then drift into that dogma. the Republican Party's stance on environmentalism. Yes, and on economics. I mean, there's a lot of things that we kind of drift towards Republican ideals, not necessarily because I think they're scriptural, but because we kind of buy into the whole the whole party platform because of that, because of a couple things. Well, and I and I would I would hasten to clarify that I'm not opposed to regulating to prevent this type of disaster again in the future. I I'm just mainly concerned about this being a platform talking on a bunch of other regulations that don't have the emotional weight behind them that this one has this is certainly something that needs to be addressed but well the, the, because throughout, of this, throughout 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 political history um but that's how it works the disasters and things similar to disasters are always used as um the stick to drive home a lot of I things know, I, I, I mean I, I mean that, that ha- i mean wars have been started for less i mean i mean right. I, mean, I mean there's it, that's that's the way that um, humans work is they get emotionally fired about one thing and um, good politicians will use that to drive many ideas right I mean the same was done on the flip side you know from the democratic perspective uh, we lost a lot of civil liberties civil liberties because of 9-11 it was an emotionally charged event and yes we needed to do something but perhaps the actions that were taken were Excessive. broader than we should have been well can you uh, back to your um your, your fear of what could happen would you be willing to share any specifics about what what kind of things will be tacked on at the last minute and then go through with whatever this bill is oh i'm not i'm not in the political scene enough to to be able to comment on that i but i you know if you take a look at what environmentalists as a group per se uh would stand for uh, there's a lot of things that most of society doesn't consider to be valuable or not to the same degree that environmentalists do. Such as? Yeah, I was going to say, let's, let's nail okay. it down. I mean, All right, so I, I highly doubt they're listening to this podcast. <laughs> well, <laughs> recycling. So, you know, if, if there would be requirements on recycling at a corporate level and an individual level, 
more so than what we do. Well, right now, well, what would be bad right, about that? Yeah, what's wrong with that? Um, I'm in favor of recycling. We recycle as a family, but depending on the types of regulations that would be put in place, that could become a very onerous uh, thing for companies to do or individuals to do. No, well, I'm, I'm trying. I'm, I'm struggling to. Yeah, I'm, I'm struggling to make a connection between like what type of regulations would be. I mean, are they going to? I don't. I, I. I'm. I'm not following. I mean, it's not like they're going to take your gun away. It's not like that. Well, mm-hmm. they're not going. I mean, I, I don't. And that's that's a silly argument. But I'm, I mean, I, well, uh, I, and recycling is probably not the best one to to look at. I mean, uh, there's um, manufacturing processes that have waste products would be one that would be probably a big target. And how you deal with those waste products? Um, well, because I mean, I mean, a hundred years ago, people could just dump whatever they wanted. Sure. I mean, and so obviously there. Well, I shouldn't say obviously. I believe that there should be some regulations that mm-hmm. help to preserve our Earth as much as possible. Because there are there are those who, um, as long as it's not in their backyard, they don't care what they do to somebody else. Right. They don't they don't care what they do to somebody else's um, area. Um, and so I think there has to, I mean, there has to be as long as, as long as we are to this degree of, um, my, my whole position on this right now is not that I think we shouldn't recycle, that we shouldn't manage our waste better, that we shouldn't have cleaner manufacturing processes. All these things are great things that even though it's looked down upon by the Republican party, I think they're admirable goals and admirable targets. The thing, the question well, I don't think is, any of those are, none of those I don't think are looked down upon. I think the Republican Party um, is nervous about regulations, that, like like federal regulations that that require thing. I mean, they're I mean, they're the EPA took several steps um, towards use, uselessness um, under George Bush. I mean, I mean, they they were the teeth were taken out of what the EPA could do. Um, I think that now it's kind of the pendulum has swung the other way, and they're doing some witch hunts and just trying to find people just because they can because Obama is more supportive of the EPA and the EPA's mandates and so I think now they're just trying to look for stuff just because so they can say that well under Bush we did this many audits under I mean now look at right. how many things we've found evil evil businesses have done right but my my argument is not that we shouldn't have some of these these regulations but that they should be moderate and they should be successive and they should be incremental and that having a huge drop of a bunch of regulations has a physical price tag that definitely we can't we can't absorb right now. Well, but yeah, I, but, I'm, I'm still not sure. Like, because we still it's like we still haven't pinned down. Well, um, I, I think well, I mean one thing one thing could be as simple as um, requiring that vehicles get. 30 miles to the gallon across the board, which is physically possible. Yes. But it's something that most car companies are, haven't made as a priority because consumers haven't made it as a priority. Right. And so I think one of those things, I mean, and it would cost, it would cost consumers more. Mm-hmm. And so I think, I think I'm, 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 I'm guessing that's one of Aaron's, I mean, I, I mean, I, I mean, as a, because I like cars, yeah. I like to trade mine up. Well, well as a, just as a topic, I mean, car prices would go up significantly if yes. that was a requirement. I mean, the car I drive now gets about, 
20 miles to the gallon on a good day. And so, I mean, to, to do what it, my car does, you, it would take more money. And so I think there's a, I mean, am I willing to pay $1,000 more mm-hmm. per, on the sticker price in order to get um, a better gas economy? I mean, I... I tend, I think I would be, but the but what the quandary. What if it was ten thousand dollars more? Well, that's that's the quandary. I mean, it, we're yeah, talking and, about an order of magnitude, perhaps. Yeah. I mean, if, no, definitely. It, when we have an unemployment rate like we have today, which is what? Uh, I think the last number I heard was upwards of seven percent. I think it's higher than that right now. Okay. I think it's closer to nine. Okay, so I mean, very high. Um, we are recovering from our large financial difficulties but we are not recovered we still have a, a huge debt a national debt this is not the time to be stacking on a lot more burden to a struggling economy so you think there's other things we should be worrying about as a country yeah hey, i'd like to get our feet back under us before we start tackling huge big but what problems. do you think what is our what what is the, our role the, as christians well well, well not just that but i mean what I don't. I don't think we've ever. I don't think there's ever a time when people say, "Yes, this would be a good time <laughs> right. to to tack on more regulations." There, you, you never. You never in a place where it is a good time. And that's why. I, that's why I look for incremental. I understand. Yeah, I understand. I mean, I, I mean, I think. I just think it's. I mean, John, what do you think about the the initial question about just Christians and our response to? The environment. I mean, I, I was uh, looking online, and some Christians were arguing, "Well, since there's going to be new heaven and new earth, our priority shouldn't be <laughs> to to preserve this one. Since I mean, we're not trying to preserve the earth forever. This yeah, one's going to be destroyed I, well, by fire anyway. Yeah, who, who cares if I trip you going up the stairs? Because you'll get a new body in heaven. <laughs> yeah, well, um, that's kind. Of, that's kind. Of, I mean, that would be my uh, my take on it as well. <laughs> oh, uh, I I don't know. Sometimes when when I when I see this sort of thing. It, it really it gets on my nerves because it seems like these opinions stem out of willful ignorance. For example, it, when we look at the verse that man has dominion over the earth, and a lot of people will take that and run with it and say, well, we can do whatever we want. Or, or even worse, people will look at that and say, well, that's what Christians think, and that's why there's that stigma with the Bible Belt in the Midwest and why things look horrible that they they'll take the environment and, and just run with it and air well they'll, t- they'll take that verse and just run with it and do whatever they want they'll rape the land for all its resources and leave it desolate they won't do anything to repair it um but uh to answer your question uh i think that that's just another extension of our stewardship with god that we recognize that nothing on this earth is truly ours and that the, how we handle it reflects on uh, on our respect for God and our acknowledging that He has provided and given it to us. Does that make sense? Yeah, that make, that makes sense to me. I think. I mean, I mean, and if you want to, you know, tie it to say uh, the the parable of the talents that that you you take what you have and you make it better, you know, rather than quote burying it in the earth. But I mean, if you take that to its lot if you take that to the extreme then we shouldn't be eating cows or and we shouldn't uh we, you know, no, take well, you no, no i don't i, I, I mean I, that's part of god's creation why would you destroy that when you could be satisfied with green plants but you're you're consu- i mean green plants you're killing them too I mean, I mean we right. ha- we have to we have to consume living things to live pretty much in in my in my thinking the only living thing that we consume 
that are the only thing that's never been living that we consume is salt. Everything else pretty much is either a animal or a vegetable. And if you want to take it to the microscopic level, there's probably organisms living on salt somewhere. Yeah, but that's not the nourishment we get. <laughs> no, but you're still killing something when you eat it. <laughs> I mean, we're gonna. I mean, I, well, I mean, it, it, the, how far do you want to take that line down? That's what I'm saying. Exactly, but the, the you could argue that uh, a cow has a different uh, level of life than a plant. I agree. You could, yes. Yeah, so, but but I, but I think I mean, there's a big difference between killing a I, I, well. In my mind, I mean, we've we've kind of touched on some of this before. In my mind, there's something different about killing a cow than killing um, or destroying the habitat for hundreds of square miles. Is cows? I mean, I I, I mean, my, and I like steak, and so I'm, this is I'm going to preface it with that. I mean. Cows are pretty much there to eat. I don't think there's a whole. I mean, I think we could breed them for better intelligence. Yeah, oh, really? For why? <laughs> yeah, for for what purpose? So, and why a cow? Or, or maybe maybe you know to make ourselves feel better, we should breed them for less intelligence, and then really, it's almost like a vegetable. Maybe, well, maybe so. Maybe, don't they? I think kinda, just breed them for is, better ribeyes. That's all I care Kobe about. Kobe beef is they just keep it in a, in a in a barn and give it massages all day and kind of dumb it down and then slaughter it. Doesn't I have that? no idea what Kobe. I, I I've heard of Kobe beef, but I don't know what makes it special. I think it's because they they massage the cow and that what's ma- that is what makes the meat so tender. Huh. But I've heard it's fairly expensive. I, well, I, yeah, Kobe beef is very expensive. But I have no idea why. I mean, that, that's interesting that they would massage the cow. Um, that'd be that'd be a great job. What do you do? I massage the cow. Yeah. How <laughs> would you like robots. to get to Heaven's Gate and be like, so what do you do for a living? I uh, massage cows all day. <laughs> Can't I mean, say I brought anybody to the the fullness of the gospel that way, but that's what I did. That's, what I, that's, that's how I rolled, is I massage cows. <laughs> okay, so anyway, so, uh, back you on know, topic. Interestingly, though, that while there are some physical differences in the process and maybe some physical differences in the output, consuming salt, which is a fixed resource on the planet, is not much different than burning oil, which is a fixed resource on the planet. N- no, it's you could you can you can no, reclaim Aaron, salt from no. your you can reclaim salt from your urine. You cannot reclaim gasoline from exhaust. But we we don't reclaim salt from our urine. Ultimately, we well, do. Well, as you say, <laughs> yeah, very. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's all it's it's all part of a cycle that is much more quick than the cycle to create oil. That's why when you're camping, you go on the rocks and not on plants, so you don't kill the plants. I, I well, but, I, I kill plants with my pee. I like guess. I said, there's a difference in the process, oh but gosh. ultimately the the oil is the oil. Even though burned, the pieces are still there. I mean, you've got energy that's been released, and you've got different byproducts. Well, yes, and, and eventually, eventually, becomes, but but we are we are consuming at a rate far quicker than what it is being replenished. Versus salt, I mean, literally, you could. I mean, salt's not running out. For all we know, more than for all we know. I mean, it would take not very long to harvest. I mean, you desalinate a chunk of ocean, and you'll have enough salt to go to town with for a few hundred years. I mean, it's not a salt is not a byproduct. I'm worried about losing out on. I appreciate your attempt at that one, Aaron. But <laughs> I'm, oh. I'm just drawing some parallels. Yeah, you okay. try. Yeah, your parallel went off on a tangent. <laughs> okay, so so back to what you'd asked me, Aaron. What do you think about? Uh, 
a Christian's role in environmentalism? How, how do you feel the, the juxtaposition of the verses where we have dominion over earth, we are to keep it, uh, as opposed, or along with the stewardship aspect of it? Well, um, I guess I would need to make a distinction between, I mean, environmentalism, many of its adherents go so far as to say that you should avoid eating animals because that's part of the environment, that you should only eat green things. You shouldn't even eat honey, for example. These these are perhaps, I, I wouldn't, I would maybe classify them as a minority of Well, those. I mean, it, but my, my main question is, is our stance on the spectrum of environmental ideas somewhat dictated by our general political posture and other things, not necessarily a neutral view of the topic as a whole. Yeah, I would I would say none of us live in a vacuum and that we are very heavily influenced by those around us and um, those with whom we closely affiliate. Um, well, here, let's let's for example, let's let's pick one environmental decision that that we could say that we would make that as we think about it was um, was derived from our stance politically. So when you say, you know, the choices that we made, it kind of just goes along with what the Republican Party is. I mean, can we, it's, instead of just putting a blanket statement over that, which I mean, I believe is true, is there something that we can say that, yes, this is the way it works and that's why we did it? I mean, I, I mean, I would just say, I mean, I, I would just say the general, I, I, it's hard for me to concrete. I just know in discussions I've had with, um, friends that are in the church, um, many times environmental ideas are kind of cast aside because of just the general political understandings that we have or ideas. Well, let's take it back to your 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 vehicle. So you drive a Jeep, which gets uh, not as good of gas mileage as a Prius. That is so, very very true. So uh, to 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 make a, an example of what you're saying is that the government would then mandate to you say you can't drive your jeep anymore jeff you can't well, drive I, it you have to drive a prius well they wouldn't say that they would say if you're going to drive i mean if you're going to manufacture jeeps they have to get better gas mileage mm. they would not i mean you don't think they would they would have uh, the government could eventually say you just can't make them <laughs> well they, they might say you can't make something that gets that poor of gas mileage or or even though it's even though it's made you can't drive one because you're a civilian or for whatever reason well know? i mean I, that, to me that's a i mean i i would i mean i i think there's a those are different that's a different level of question i mean there's one level of question of okay how would i feel about the government saying okay automobiles have to get x amount more gas efficiency that i mean I forget what I, I mean. I don't know if I can find it quickly enough. Or like you'd have to pay a surtax on top of it. Mm -hmm. So that would that would directly affect you saying, well, because the Republican Party is um, is anti big government and that they shouldn't regulate what I drive. That is why I align myself with that as far as environmentalism goes. Well, I, th I think to me one of the arguments I've heard in the past is. Um, there's no reason for us not to get better gas mileage, for instance. Mm -hmm. the, in 1908, Model Ts were getting 25 miles to the gallon. Why in the world, in 100 years, have we not figured out how to... I mean, we have vehicles that get a whole lot less. That's true. I mean, we have vehicles that get half that. 
And our so vehicles are heavier too. Our, well, our vehicles are heavier. We have, I mean, we, we have, have infinitely, more, infinitely more safety stuff. I mean, there's right. a lot of safety things that are mandated. Emissions. Emissions. I mean, there's a whole lot of things that have, that have, that have been put into place. But even, even all that aside, you would think that we would be able to gain on 25 miles to the gallon. No, I and I agree. And I, so I don't. I would not find it personally very worrisome if the government were to say, "Okay, you have to produce vehicles that achieve thirty miles to the gallon." I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I would not, I would, I would be very opposed if they were to say you have to drive a Prius. I mean, I don't want them to <laughs> well, make all I the know. choices. And but, but, that's but, just but that, I mean, for example, I, yeah, for example. But I, I don't think. I mean, I would love it if my Jeep got thirty miles to the gallon. And I would, I mean, the thing, the thing is I like about the Jeep are not necessarily based on its fuel efficiency. I mean, that's not, that's not why I bought it was because it was fuel efficiency. It's its rugged looks. Well, that's part of it. The fact that today was a perfect day to own a Jeep and have the top down, that's another part of it. Yeah. Um, and a Prius, you can't drop the top. And but the Prius is a status symbol. It shows that you care. Yeah, it's not the status symbol I want. <laughs> Okay, so anyway. I'd rather ride a bike. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, let's see here. Where were we? I think just I mean this, this general idea, and I, I mean, I, I, and I think I, I think it'd be interesting to have our listeners um, maybe give us some ideas of things that you think where there's maybe a disharmony between some of our political stances and um, scripture that are mostly due to the, just the the general leanings that we have. Um, I think I think our response to the poor is sometimes somewhat um, shaded by our um, Republican leanings, and I'm I mean to be quite honest, I mean I've 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 voted Republican my entire life. I mean pretty much every election, and I have reasons, multiple reasons for that, and I have. Um, but I think as a whole, um, if it weren't for certain keystone issues. I think it'd be interesting to see how we came down on other issues if it wasn't for the clouding we have. Yeah, that would be interesting. I think it might be an interesting topic. So, listeners, if you, we'd love to have you respond to us. You could email Jeff or John or Aaron or David at zionbound.com. If you have any ideas, um, or you can go to our Facebook um, Facebook page if you'd like to, which is, I think, zionbound.com or zbcast. Zionbound. That is a great suggestion. I would love if people would uh, start a discussion thread on there, <laughs> since yeah. we have apparently have at least forty-two listeners. Yeah, but so I, I just I would enjoy a discussion on what, how would our how would our views on things be different if it wasn't for some of those cornerstone beliefs that we have that kind of that kind of put a context to our discussions. That I know that like our response to some. Um, Civil liberty issues are somewhat dictated by our political leanings. When well, property rights is, a, is an issue that we tend to, to swing a little differently than liberals and environmentalism in general. I mean, environmentalists would say that the legal right of property owners may be infringed upon if they're doing something that's detrimental to the environment. Um, they also tend to decide on nature has rights. That I mean, it's kind of a, a biased statement, but it. It does represent a stance that environmentalism or proponents of environmentalism often hold. Like you can't burn your trash on your land, or for that matter, burning tires on your land. Well, uh, just to quote something from Wikipedia, there was a an essay 
1972, should Treves have a legal standing in court, addressing whether or not and whether or not natural objects themselves should have legal rights. And in his essay, he tries to make the argument that in, in history, women and children were once seen as objects, and yet we have seen the light, so to speak, and now give them legal standing. And shouldn't then also trees, which are living things, have legal standing? Hmm. That's an interesting question. For some reason this morning, I have no idea where this came from. Um, it struck me, I mean, at some point in time in the future, or is there going to be a time when we look on the use of wood for furniture as like something detestable? Or, I mean, are we going to look at that as like, I, I, just, I don't know why it crossed my mind, but I mean, obviously we look at things made of wood as very valuable. It's very valuable and very, um, a lot. I mean, quality, quality woodwork we see as something very valuable. You mean like the way that some people look at uh, fur coats? Yeah, fur coats or um, con- uh, con- the, consumption the, of meat or yeah, snakeskin boots. Snakeskin boots. I mean, like those that. kind of things. I mean, is there gonna is there gonna come a point where some people say wasting wood or using wood to make a nice desk is detestable or something else arbitrary like a boomerang? <laughs> or a boomerang? Yeah, I, I mean, I just <laughs> yeah, I, just I, like a, a blatant waste of wood. Yeah, I, I, it just crossed my mind, and I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't think so because. I think the options are wood or plastic or metal, as I could really evaluate. Yeah, I mean, to get that plastic, you I mean, need can you know plastic, what? I mean, yeah, plastic is all oil-based, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. that's probably not the best option. And um, there's, I mean, limited, metal, limited supply of metal. Uh, metal, I mean, you have to somehow heat the metal up really, really stinking hot. So how are you going to do that? And so, I mean, I mean so I, I, don't, I don't know. I just think it's... No, that's uh, interesting. It's, it's just, it's just it was something that crossed my mind. I have no idea why in the middle of church I was thinking about... Woodwork, um, but Time I was. To go plant some trees, Jack. I guess well, I mean, so. who doesn't? I was yeah. thinking about the same thing. <laughs> Good. Good. Well, hopefully you've enjoyed our, our ZB cast today, and we'd really like to hear from you to kind of um, continue this discussion on um, kind of some of our ideas and how sometimes there might be a disconnect or a uh, disharmony in um, maybe scripture and our political beliefs just because of um, how we are sometimes clouded. So... Until we are together at last in Zion, let us remain Zion-bound.